Welcome back to Praxing Catholic. Patrick Conley, glad to be with you again, along with Cami Berthium, who's our producer, and Paul Sonic, our technical producer, coming to you through the relevant Radio 1330 AM studios in Golden Valley. Hopefully you and your loved ones have never experienced physical or spiritual neglect, trauma, or abuse in any form. But there are many survivors who have come forward, and many who haven't, yet for reasons they've discerned. And it's always our job to believe them, walk with them in their journeys toward healing. Today, we're joined by Deacon Martin Meyer and Marty Montgomery Jennings of the Grief to Grace program. Grief to Grace offers resources and retreats for those who've experienced abuse in its many forms. And Deacon Meyer and Marty will be sharing more about how we can support those who have been affected. Marty, first, welcome to the program to you. Thank you. And Deacon Meyer, it's always good to have you. Good to be with you today, Patrick. Wonderful. Well, um, Deacon Meyer, let's start with you. Could you please just go a little bit deeper into Grief to Grace? What is Grief to Grace? Well, Grief to Grace is a week-long program for anyone who has suffered physical, emotional, or spiritual abuse, whether it's in childhood, adolescence, or as an adult. And so what happens is uh, professional therapeutic staff will engage the uh, retreat in, in a program of living scripture exercises, uh, therapeutic facilitation, also cognitive restructuring and grief work. And by traveling the Paschal mystery of our own life and uniting our sufferings with Christ, it can help us to share also in Christ's resurrection, finding love and tenderness and belonging, safety, joy, and peace. And what's the basic program, Deacon? When we're when we're talking about that, how how does it uh, how does it help out people who have suffered these things so poignantly? Well, through the uh, group process, um, participants obviously are initially anxious about that, but we find that the group becomes a powerful source of support and healing. Uh, abuses so often involving keeping secrets. And oftentimes there's a deep uh, level of shame uh, trying to understand or even uh, believe. Um, and the group uh, retreat counters this as the group witnesses to what each has suffered. And so they only share what they're, they feel comfortable to. This isn't... Uh, talk therapy so much as it's uh, relaying their experiences. And the exercises uh, in their personal journals also help them to privately reflect upon every stage in the program. Right, right. And I know we've got a retreat coming up here in May, which we'll talk about in just a minute. But Marty, I want to tie you into the conversation as well. Now, you work as a therapist uh, specifically, and you're helping people who have uh, been through the trauma of clergy sexual abuse. Um, but what's your tie-in with Grief to Grace? I um, participate as a therapist for the group. Uh, each group is required to have a licensed professional person mm. and as well as a clergy person. So okay. that's how I am connected with the upcoming retreat. 
Right, right. And let me ask you too, Marty, um, while we're while we're speaking about that, uh, of course, we know, I hope we know now that uh, when we hear of somebody who's suffered from abuse, that uh, it's it's the first step is always to report it to law enforcement. But how else can we support somebody uh, for those who might be our friends, our neighbors, our relatives, things like this, uh, who have suffered the trauma of abuse in this fashion? It's such a, a difficult thing for someone to acknowledge that they have suffered in these ways. So when someone has the courage to speak up, it's so important to be supportive and caring, encourage them to seek professional help so that they can face their pain and work their way through it. Mm. Having been a victim of abuse or neglect doesn't need to define you for the rest of your life. But until it's dealt with, it, it interferes with the person being able to function as fully and wholly as God would want them to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And in terms of, uh, I, I'm sure that being present, being uh, available to listen, and sometimes that's uh, that's one of the largest portions of it, isn't it? I mean, rather than offering some sort of uh, platitudes or um, any kind of uh, reflection of, uh, I don't know. That's that. That can be less than helpful, is what I understand. That's correct. Yeah. It's okay. not. Um, it's not helpful to try to take on being the person who's going to heal them. Right. It's it's helpful to be able to be supportive and and caring and empathetic, but not to minimize it. Not to act as if, oh well, this has happened to so many people. It's not a big deal. That right. kind of thing is so just compounds the trauma. Right. Well, there's no there's no wonder that uh, that there's significant amount of amount of grief when uh, grief grief. I, I meant grief when we're talking about the the trauma that can be that that is suffered by by many people. And so, um, Deacon Meyer, I'm just thinking too, especially when, it, when we're talking grief to grace. Um, and the grace part comes through, as you've said, partly some of these retreats. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about this retreat that's coming up? What are the dates of it? What's the format of it? And what could people expect should they attend? Okay. Uh, the retreat is May 20th uh, through the 25th. Uh, currently, we have filled uh, that retreat, and we do have another one scheduled in August. Uh, I believe that's August 17th. Uh, and, uh, the way that, uh, the retreat is structured, it's, uh, first of all, we cover some groundwork just as far as confidentiality and being a safe environment and people are free to participate as much as they want to. We don't force anyone to do anything against their will because they're, uh, personhood has already been violated and manipulation and control is something that we guard against uh, them having to fear uh, in the group environment on the retreat. And the, the key, I think, is to be present with them and walk uh, with them on this journey because so many of them... Um, struggle. They struggle with their uh, 
things of of having this deep shame for something that they were not even uh, responsible for, right. something that was perpetrated. And they can develop patterns of relationships and behaviors that they just find it very difficult in living out their relationships with others. And this offers them the ability to be encouraged um, as they look at what the root of some of those behaviors is caused. And then at that point, the person may realize for the first time that their behaviors that they struggle with really are not because of their own moral weakness or their fault, but it's more of a reflexive response to the trauma that was imposed upon them. And then what happens is they begin to let down some of those defense mechanisms that had arose due to the uh, incident of abuse in their life. Mm-hmm. Right. And Deacon Meyer, I, I'm sure that in your calling as a deacon and, of course, in your work here with Grief to Grace, that you have encountered many people who have undergone uh, some significant abuse and are carrying much of this burden as well. So similar to what I asked Marty earlier, any words of advice to those of us who are in relationship with, our friends are trying to support, but want to support in a in a loving way, those who are, are in the midst of dealing with, with it? I think the biggest thing is to really focus on kindness and compassion. Because something, again, was perpetrated against them due to no fault of their own. And we all, to some degree, have encountered some form of uh, wrong that has gone against us. And in this particular case, it goes to such a depth and a level that it's it's not just a psychological uh, impact But it's also a spiritual wound as well, because we are body, mind, and spirit. And to remember that there's something much deeper going on here and praying for those people, Um, not trying to offer advice so much, but just being supportive and let them know if there is anything that we could do for them, uh, we'd be happy to. Uh, but not feel like we need to try to help fix them because uh, that isn't necessarily the work. It's showing compassion for those. Uh, Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Part of that is God's work, and we want to open ourselves in receiving Christ in that way. And as a cleric, uh, really what's happening in in the gift of ordination is Christ wants to relive his diaconal presence through me and his sacrificial presence through the priest to where he is the one that's actually communicating his love to them and encouraging them and engaging them. And he meets them exactly where they are. They don't have to be anything other than to know that Christ loves them completely. He can't love them any less because of anything that they have done or anything that has been perpetrated on them, but they are in a place to where he wants to restore that sense of dignity of the human person and to be reintegrated in that way. And it is a journey. It isn't something that just happens and then, you know, everything 
turns around. It's it's a slow process, yeah, but yeah. they are not alone, and that's the important thing that we try to impress upon them, and to have good counselors, good spiritual directors, good supportive community too, because all of those are essential on this path to healing mm-hmm. and wholeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a journey, as you said, and so grateful for you and your work, uh, both you, Deacon uh, Meyer, and you, Marty, for your work with Grief to Grace. And uh, grateful that Grief to Grace exists, and uh, we wish you all the best and God's blessings for this upcoming retreat in May and again in August. Uh, just quickly, if for people to find out more about Grief to Grace, Deacon, um, and for the August retreat, where might they go? Well, they can go to two different locations. They can go to Grief to Grace. Um, let me get the national site up here. Uh, if they just Google Grief to Grace, uh, they will see the um, Living Scripture Institute is the uh, overarching organization for Grief to Grace. And then the local group is uh, Grief to Grace MN dot org and they okay. can go to those websites and there are also other locations that are listed on the national website that they can obtain uh sometimes people are interested but they're so fearful of uh someone knowing them mm-hmm. and uh they can be very anonymous in this process so there are other retreats going on several locations across the country and they're encouraged, uh, you know, whatever their comfort level is, to participate in these other locations as well. Okay, very good. Well, Deacon Martin Meyer, Marty Montgomery Jennings, thank you both again for your work. God bless you, and thanks for being on the program today. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. Happy so Easter. Happy Easter to you. To find out more, griefto-grace-mn.org or uh, Google Grief to Grace. Reminder to everyone, of course, uh, report any abuse uh, specifically to law enforcement first. And if it's clergy abuse, if it relates to that, report it as well at rhspm.org. Please join us and continue to pray for those affected by all forms of abuse. Paul, Cammie, and I will be back shortly to share about some of the exciting happenings around the Archdiocese that will help you live out Easter joy, particularly for moms. So stick around. Mm-hmm.